What's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode of the Fantasy Football Advocate Podcast, your weekly source for common sense fantasy football advice. I am your host and fantasy football advocate, Chris. I can only hope, wherever you are listening to this, the weather is as nice for you as it is for me. I'm sitting here in the middle of nowhere with 70-degree temperatures. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I hope that if the weather is not that nice, at least this podcast finds you healthy and safe. These are crazy times and seem to get crazier by the day, so I hope everyone out there listening is okay. Uh, Before we get into the meat of today's show, I just want to let everybody know I'm going to be changing the format of the show a little bit. And in the past, what it's been is I come on and I give my intro and then I just dive right into what happened last week. Uh, And then I do a very, a much more brief segment towards the end of the show on what to expect in the week to come. And I have to be honest with you. uh, I meant well when I did it that way. I thought that format would work. I went back and listened to them because I do actually listen to, the podcast that I put out because not because I love hearing my own voice because it's super awkward hearing yourself talk on a podcast, but I wanted to make sure it was a good product. And I actually have another podcast I do with, with, a, with a lifelong friend of mine. It's called Ben and Chris Talk Sports. And I have a great time doing that show. He and I, he and I sit there anyways, even if the microphones aren't on talking sports for hours and hours and hours. So I had the idea, hey, let's turn on the mic, let's let's find some entertaining topics, and let's make a new podcast and see if people can get behind it and enjoy it. And we have a, a very nice and uh, a growing fan base. Uh, we actually just recorded episode 100 yesterday. It actually released today, the day I recorded this show, which is episode 9 of the Fantasy Football Advocate. And, and with that show, there, there's usually a feeling I get after I ha- we have a really good show. When you go back and you edit it and, and the audio is good and the content is good and, and you just feel good about it. A lot of times if I'm traveling somewhere, I'll put the podcast on in the car and I'll listen to it. Again, not because I love hearing my own voice, but because I want to know what you all out there are listening or hearing. And I want to make sure if I did something wrong in editing or in production that I realize and I can document and I can change it to make the show the best listen for you all that I can. And when listening back to the Fantasy Football Advocate podcasts, yeah, there was some good information in there. And I sincerely meant well. I really thought that format would work. I thought it would be good. Uh, Realistically, if I were you guys out there, I don't know if I'd want to keep listening uh, the way it was. It just wasn't, I don't know. It was kind of robotic. It was just telling you a lot of information about what you already knew. You can get you can get the already documented, complete information from what happened the past week in fantasy football a hundred different places. The entire purpose of this podcast was because there's been many people I know who I've been able to help understand fantasy football, and they've become very very good players. I mentioned in the intro uh, edition of this podcast, episode one, my mother started playing I believe five years ago, five six years ago. She had no idea what she was doing when she started. She was very uncertain. Well, I helped her out. And and with the knowledge I gave her, and I take no credit for her doing well. Her doing well was her own making good decisions and and running her team properly. 
But I would like to think I was able to at least advise her, advocate for her, if you will, point her in the right direction and really, really help her to become a better, more confident player. Now her and I have conversations about players and she'll sit there and, and tell me about the defenses and why she wouldn't play this guy against this team and that defense and in this weather. And all of this happened because she was able to find a place with me where she was comfortable learning. And I was able to explain it to her in just regular everyday terms. And I've said this several times also saying something in layman's terms or not using really, really difficult advanced stats does not make you stupid. Not in the least. It's just, you're doing this for fun and you don't want to have to pretty much solve a physics problem to be able to set your lineup. You just want to be able to have a conversation with somebody because those people who use all the advanced stats, let's be honest, at the end of the season, a lot of times their record isn't any better than, than, than somebody who just was using everyday layman's terms, just taking everyday normal advice, common sense advice. I want this show to be for everyone. And that's what I set out to do. And I think I made it a little bit too simplistic in, in the point of, yeah, okay, so... Patrick Mahomes had so many points, and this person had so many points. You guys already know all that. You're listening to this show. Well, it'll be on Wednesdays now. It had been on Tuesdays. Now it'll be your Wednesday release. You're listening to this show on Wednesday. You're not prepping or caring about the previous week. You're looking ahead. You're looking ahead for your Thursday night matchups if you have any. You're looking on who to pick up from the waiver wire after waivers clear. So what I want this to be is somewhere where you can come every week listen, and actually gain some valuable information for your matchups to come. And in the offseason, because the show is going to be year-round, it'll be different things from week to week. I'll cover the news and notes, injuries if they were to occur, uh, signings, um, coaching changes that may affect uh, a team's uh, play calling. All of those things play into uh, how your players will perform. So that's the things I need to focus on and what I will focus on going forward in this show. So it's not going to be half an hour of this person did this, this person did that. That's in the past. Now what it's going to be, I'm going to look at probably, I think I'm going to do top five. Top five projected at each position. And yeah, it's kind of how I did it before where I looked back to tell you, oh, this person did good because of this. But looking forward to the, to the week to come, I'm going to tell you why you should or should not feel confident about certain players. That doesn't mean if I say, hey, Patrick Mahomes might not have a big game, you're not going to bench Patrick Mahomes. That's obvious. All I'm trying to do is get you in the mindset of looking at things objectively from different perspectives. Okay, he's a great quarterback, but that is a, uh, he's playing a team that's really bad against the run. So they may run the ball more. So if I have another option who's playing a really bad defense, fantasy-wise, I may want to play that quarterback. And that that's that happens from week to week. It isn't you're not starting the player who you think is going to help their team win in real life. You're just looking for points. So yeah, it's you look at these the really sexy fantasy names at quarterback, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Well, guess what? A guy like Gardner Minshew, who's on a really, really bad team. Can you just as many, if not more, points from week to week? Not going to be as consistent, but has the possibility to do so. So 
all I'm getting at is this is just it's going to be a show looking towards the following week. And I'm going to focus on the positive. Hey, when I run down the top five, and that's going to be real quick because we don't need to dwell on that because you can find that information anywhere as well. That's going to be a real quick, as you'll find out very shortly when I do it. Okay, these are the top five guys. That player will be fine. That player will be fine. Look out for this guy. That player will be fine. Then I'm going to give you some guys you may want to stream. For those of you that don't know, streaming is essentially just you may not have a guy locked in at that position, so you just play your best uh, available player that week at that position. Uh, you play your best matchup. You play your best player. If a guy is on bye, you need someone to fill in. Who is the best option to fill in of available players? Whether they're on your bench or you pick them up off a uh, free agent wire, who can I start to sub for this guy for this week because of buys, because of injuries, things like that. So that that's what streamer is. So if you're not familiar with that term, that's all it is. Uh, and then I'm not going to really tell you who you shouldn't start because it's not my place to tell you how to run your team. It's my place to tell you how to look at your team to make the best decisions. That That's what I'm here for. I'm never going to tell you, don't start this player. I will tell you, man, it's a really bad matchup if you have a better option. Because the last thing I want you to do is go out on my advice, drop a really good player, pick up someone who does nothing for you, and then have you go, well, this guy said I should do this, and he totally led me the wrong direction. I'm giving you the information to put you in the right mindset. That's what I'm here to do. Uh, I focus too much on different aspects of the show that really didn't have anything to do with the actual product. I focused on, oh, the show has to be this length of time. I have to give this advice, this advice, this advice. I may go over a player and then decide to go into a story as to why this it's a good idea to start him or not, or it's a good matchup or not, or the numbers might not be telling the whole story. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll have three of those in one week. Maybe I won't have any. Maybe the show will be 20 minutes. Maybe it'll be 40. I'm not really worried about the length in, in, of the show. I'm worried about the quality of the content. And I know for certain that people who are interested in fantasy football are rabid about it. You want more information. You want more content. You want more shows you can put on, whether you're doing something and the show is background noise or you're listening every week because you want the advice or you need help. People who love fantasy football cannot get enough fantasy football. So if I give you a 20-minute episode, which obviously I'm going on 11 minutes now telling you the new format, it's going to be longer this week. But if I have a 20-minute episode and it's good, good content, great. If I have a 45-minute episode and I feel it's good content and I'm really helping you guys out, awesome. I'm not worried about the length of the show, and I can't promise you any length of time on the show. I knew when I first started this podcast, I just wanted to do a fantasy football podcast because I love fantasy football. I can literally talk about it all day with just about anybody. And I feel like I'm talking to you guys for real right now. Uh, this is me talking to you like we're both sitting in your living room and I'm giving you advice as a friend. That's what I wanted this show to be. I wanted to be a place anybody can go from absolute beginner who knows nothing to uh, a veteran player who has 10 championships under their belt. Now, you may not need to help if you're that player who has 10 championships. You might simply listen to this because you just love listening to people talk about fantasy football. And that's absolutely fine. All are welcome here. The only thing I'd ever ask is if you are that experienced player, 
be here to also be helpful to others. Don't be detrimental. Don't make fun of somebody for asking a question because they don't understand something. That's what this podcast is for. It's a place where people who are just starting out can come and feel comfortable. That's why I do things like explain what streamer means. Okay. So, uh, and we also have, I also like to close the show every week with a couple of fan questions. I actually have two this week. Uh, So I'm going to get to those at the end of the episode. Uh, But I know what you're here for is my opinions and my knowledge. And I know that without you knowing who I am, I have to put out an entertaining show or an informative show, a good quality show, for you to feel comfortable coming back to me every week and continue to come back and to tell people, hey, give this show a shot. This guy knows what he's talking about. And I take that seriously. I want to do right by all of you. I want to put on an entertaining show. I can do that in this format because I can just go on and be myself. I can go on and I can read the top five and I can say, okay, this, 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 and this. Then get into the streamers. Then get into, oh, this guy's only owned in this percentage of leagues. Like, I, I can do that and make it sound really good and really fluid, not robotic. And uh, quite honestly, I thought uh, the first, I don't know, the, the intro was good. Episode was good. And after that, I thought it was just a little robotic. I kind of really didn't have any direction for what the show should be. And it really just dawned on me the other day when I was listening back to episode eight. I'm like, man, if I'm if I'm a stranger, I don't know this guy, and I want some fantasy advice, and I'm hearing this, I'm not really intrigued by the first half an hour going over what I can find a hundred other places. So without further ado, I thank you all for listening to that. I promise every week will not be a 14-minute intro as to what the podcast is about. I just wanted to let everybody know that I do recognize some of the downfalls of the show and I take it seriously. I want to put out a good show that you guys all enjoy and feel comfortable recommending to people and feel comfortable coming to me with questions and and not just this player did this, that player did that. If all I'm doing is reading stats, I, I can't, I can't be entertaining. I can't be me. I can't share my knowledge. It, there's just no room for it in that format. So this format is going to be a lot more enjoyable. I am very confident in that, and and I really feel like you're going to like it a lot more. So without further ado, let's get into the top quarterbacks for uh, week seven. Week seven coming up. I keep thinking it's week six for some reason. I I don't know why. I think all the uh, I think all the the, the COVID uh, games being reshuffled really causing me to lose track of what week it is. Okay, so quarterbacks this week. And for anybody wondering, I, uh, two of my three leagues I'm on are on ESPN.com uh, or the ESPN app for fantasy football. I use the standard scoring. Uh, I, I It's something anybody can access. And then, obviously, if you have your own league, you can go into that page. And I would assume anybody who is listening to this for Fantasy Help already has their own you know, their own league. Go into your, your player, your, your page. And find your own player stats and projections and, and, and everything like that. But just so you know where I'm finding this information from. All right, quarterbacks for the week. Top five uh, in order, projection-wise. And again, projections are our guesses. They can be Anybody can be way above or way below based on game situations, weather conditions, anything of that nature. But projections are where you always start. Don't read too much into it, but you want to start there. 
Top five. Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Five outstanding quarterbacks. Uh, as far as Allen goes, I would absolutely trust him. He's playing the Jets. The Jets don't do anything well. Sorry, Jets fans. Nothing. Well, I am a Patriots fan, but it's honestly nothing personal. I'm being unbiased here, but the Jets defense is not good. Russell Wilson. I mean, he's coming off a bye week playing a hot Arizona team that just dismantled the Cowboys and looked really good on defense. And they are the ninth ranked pass defense in the league, according to ESPN.com stats. I, I'd i still start Russell Wilson. I wouldn't have any objections to that. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys dismantled, oh, excuse me, Arizona dismantled the Cowboys offense. But Russell Wilson and that Seahawks offense is far superior to that Dallas offense. So I'd start Russell. Kyler Murray against the Seahawks as well. Seattle surprisingly has one of the worst pass defenses in the league. You start Kyler. Patrick Mahomes, of course, against Denver. Not a great pass defense. Um, he'll be fine. And then Deshaun Watson. Green Bay is a little better. They're ranked 12th. Uh, but Deshaun has proved in the post-Bill O'Brien era down there in Houston that <laughs> he's going to be just fine. And he's actually, I think, better off. He's had two really, really great statistical weeks uh, with Romeo Cornell as the interim head coach down there in Houston. Romeo Cornell is a guy who knows what he's doing. Um, he may not be the full-time head coach, but for now, he knows enough to get the ball into his best player's hands. Here's the thing, and again, it's why I've run down these guys. You're probably not thinking about benching any of these players, but guys like Wilson, uh, Mahomes, Watson, were all surprised some of the earliest quarterbacks taken. Players like Josh Allen were probably taken later in the draft because you're not really sure. Josh Allen had some big games in past seasons, this being his third year. He's had some big games, but uh, consistency has been somewhat of a problem. So you probably drafted him, a lot of people, as their second quarterback. And you've probably been starting him. But I have somebody in one of my leagues. I believe he has Josh Allen and uh, who is it? He has Josh Allen and I want to say Deshaun Watson. And he's been kind of alternating back and forth as to who to start. So if your other quarterback puts up consistent numbers and they're playing a defense that is far worse, you can absolutely consider putting that player in. You don't have to be a lock. Don't be don't be stuck on the name of the player. There's players every year that come out of nowhere that are not big names that are absolutely key contributors to not only teams on the field winning, but fantasy teams winning. Uh, a guy like uh, uh, Fulgham, I believe Travis Fulgham from the Eagles, has had two outstanding receiving weeks in a row. He's been a big waiver wire pickup. I know I picked him up in one of my leagues, and I'm starting him because I have a lot of players on by this week. He's a guy that came out of nowhere, and he he's not a big name yet, but nobody is. If you're not a first, first or second round pick, you're not a big name until you perform. And you perform, and all of a sudden, everybody wants you on their team. So don't be stuck on the name. Uh, but if those five guys are your top quarterback, start them without a problem. No no worries. Uh, other guys who are facing bad defenses but may not be great, especially if you need streaming help if your quarterback is on bye, uh, Matthew Stafford. Look, Matthew Stafford has not had a stellar season, but he's a guy who knows how to put up numbers. He's facing this, uh, the Falcons in Atlanta. They are the worst pass defense in the league, statistically. This is not my opinion. This is statistically. If you need a quarterback this week, you could definitely start him. 
uh, Justin Herbert, the extraordinarily talented young rookie for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, he's projected to get somewhere around the low 20s in points facing a bad Jaguars team. You could pick him up. Uh, let's see. Gardner Minshew, the aforementioned Gardner Minshew, facing a Chargers defense that should be better than they are, but they've had a lot of key injuries, and they are one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Start him. Teddy Bridgewater I'd be a little bit more nervous about because you're not sure what Panthers offense you're going to get. Um, you're going to get the, the Teddy that throws a lot or the Teddy that runs a lot and the Panthers offense that runs a lot. That's a team that wants to run the ball. So if running the ball is an option, Bridgewater is not going to have great passing numbers. But if you're in a pinch, you can take a flyer on him. If you have bye weeks or injuries, you may not have another better option. So you may just have to start Teddy Bridgewater, and that's okay. Not the end of the world. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I wouldn't uh, – well, Sam Darnold's probably out anyways. Kyle Allen is too inconsistent, and to be honest, on that Washington football team, you don't know if he keeps underperforming if they're going to find a way to get Alex Smith back in as a starter for that team. I wouldn't really recommend touching anybody else. But again, that's going to depend on your situation. If you were a team that only carried one quarterback, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. It's one of the fan questions. If you only carry one quarterback and he's on by, or uh, there's injuries, um, then you're going to have to do the best you can to try to stream somebody competent. If you're in an eight-team league, shouldn't be a problem. Even most 12-team leagues, it should be fine. You should be able to find somebody. I think what you want to do is you want to go to your available players page, check projections, check the opponent's rank against the pass, and find the most consistent player you can. Look, if you're in this position, it's not going to be pretty, but hopefully, for the sake of your fantasy team, you can get through the situation Find somebody who can help you, somebody competent who can put up a good week and help you win. Nothing is better than a week you really know you should not win coming out with a win. I am that way in a league I actually run. I'm playing the number one team in the league. I have uh, Mark Andrews on by. I have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen on by. I have the Ravens defense, the top defense in football on by. And I, I just found out my kicker was injured. I don't have my best running back. I had to make a lot of changes, and I had to make do the best I could. And I have, and I think I'll feel the competitive team. And if a couple of his players slip up, I may have a chance. We'll see. You never know. Uh, but, you know, that'll be interesting how that plays out. I'll let you guys know next week. Uh, we're going to move on to running backs now. And the top five projections, not really a surprise. Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, and Joe Mixon. Um, Henry... Look, Henry is a battering ram, and I've been wrong about Derrick Henry. Once he got consistent use, he's been a monster. He's definitely, definitely a key focal point of that Titans offense, and rightfully so. Uh, But the Steelers, even without Devin Bush, star linebacker Devin Bush, who tore his ACL this past week, the Steelers' defense is incredible against the run. This is a strength against strength that's really fun to watch. I know for for me, uh, as, as somebody who's who, like I said, as a Patriots fan, uh, they're they're playing at 4 o'clock. They had the 4 o'clock game. This Titans-Steelers game is at 1 o'clock. I'm going to be watching that game. I'm not even going to be turning on red zone. 
as much as I love Red Zone. Maybe I'll be flipping back during commercials. But I'll be watching the Steelers-Titans game. This is going to be, not only because they're both undefeated, but you're talking strength against strength in almost every aspect. This could be one of the games of the year. Watch it be a blowout and make me look stupid, right? Henry's projected at 19 points. He's certainly capable of that. Um, and, and look, you're going to start Derrick Henry if you have Derrick Henry. But if you have some other guys you may have picked up on free agency who have been doing really well consistently, you may want to you may want to reconsider. I could end up being wrong. And man, that 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 Steelers defense is awesome against the run, and they have a lot of big guys who can stack up and stop Derrick Henry. We'll see. Uh, I'd be a little nervous about that matchup. Uh, Kamara against the Panthers. Panthers are terrible against the run. Kamara can do it all. No problem. Aaron Jones, same thing. No problem against the uh, Houston Texans. One of the only few teams that are worse than the Panthers against the run is Houston. No problem there. Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott. Uh, This is exactly one of the situations I do... I have decided to change the format for so I can get a little bit more into detail on the certain players you may want to look. You may actually not want to start Zeke Elliott this week. I know that sounds crazy. If you've watched him play this week, excuse me, this year, even before Dak went out, he did not look like the same player. That offensive line in Dallas used to be dominant. They had somebody retire in the offseason. The center retired. Two guys on uh, on the offensive line are out for the season with injury. So this all-star stud offensive line has been patchwork for the better part of the year. Zeke does not look the same. Andy Dalton, despite the talent of the Dallas wide receivers, does not look like any threat at quarterback. Maybe that'll change as he gets more used to the system. But you add to that, it's a division game against the Washington football team, which is always tough. Not the Washington football team, but division games. You can have a great team against a mediocre team, and it can be a division game. They know each other so well, it's always tough. And believe it or not, the football team is, it still feels weird to say that, by the way. The football team is eighth ranked against the run. Against a guy in a team that has not been able to run really well all year. Uh, I'm not telling you to bench Zeke. I'm telling you, if you have a couple guys who came out of nowhere or you've drafted really, really well at running back, you may want to consider it. Uh, And on to the fifth ranked, uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play this week. I would have to say it's very possible. He left with, uh, I believe it was an ankle injury or a foot injury uh, during week six. However, uh, the head coach of the Bengals did say that if – he had to come back in if it was necessary. Uh, Mixon could have come back in. So that kind of lends you to think that he will be playing in Week 7. But you want to monitor that. Luckily, it's Sunday at 1 o'clock. You don't have to hope he plays at 4 and take a chance of having an, uh, a dead spot on your roster. If he doesn't, you'll be able to know before all the games start. So that is obviously not a good scenario for Mr. Mixon being injured. But from fantasy perspective, that is the best-case scenario that you know at 1 o'clock on Sunday, before 1 o'clock on Sunday, hey, I can't start this guy or I can. If he is playing, you want to start him. The Browns are middle of the road. They're playing the Cleveland Browns. The Bengals are. They're middle of the road against the run. And Mixon has shown signs that he's really starting to break out in this new offense. So I'd go with that. I, I feel safe going with him. 
uh, other players who may have really good weeks, uh, like a David Johnson. David Johnson, they're playing the Packers. Packers statistically worst against the run. Uh, Ronald Jones, uh, that Tampa backfield appeared to be a crapshoot when the season started, but some injuries and inconsistent play has kind of led Ronald Jones to be the lead back there in Tampa. They're playing a Las Vegas Raiders team that's 31st against the run. I'd feel good about starting him. Justin Jackson of the uh, the Chargers uh, filling in for Austin Eckler, who's still out with injury. Justin Jackson, not really a, a big name, but he's a guy with a lot of talent if you've watched him play before. Facing the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, the 28th-ranked uh, team against the run, I would absolutely feel good starting him. I, I wouldn't wouldn't worry about that. Uh, he may not put up massive numbers, but he should hit his projection, which says 13.3 right here. I'd feel good about that. Uh, let's see. Other other players, other players, other players. Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray of the Saints coming off a of bye week against the Carolina Panthers. Awful rush defense. I know Alvin Kamara is obviously the primary guy, but Kamara will rush. Kamara's more the receiving back. Murray's going to get some touches. And if it's close goal line, uh, close goal line work, Murray oftentimes is in the backfield. Worth a shot. Give him a chance. Uh, I don't really see anybody else here on this list I feel safe advising you with. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe if you have to go on a flyer, if your team is in real bad shape, a Corey Clement of the Eagles. Uh, Miles Sanders is not going to play tomorrow night. He is out for at least this week. Uh, so Boston Scott will probably get primary touches and carries for the Eagles. But Corey Clement's a guy who has filled in in the past pretty well with injuries. He's not a star. He's not a stud. He's not gonna. He's not gonna get you twenty points. But if you need a guy to just fill in and hit his projections respectably, Corey Clement can do that. Uh, they're playing Thursday night, so you obviously want to make sure uh, that if you do have him in your lineup, you put him in a running back position because you don't want to take up a flex spot and not be able to swap anybody else out with a Clement. If you know you're gonna play him. Uh, and, and he's barely, barely uh, rostered and um, on teams. I think it's, I'm looking here, it's like 1%. So barely nobody has him. So if you really need a running back, I've seen this guy. He's a pretty good receiver out of the backfield. I think Boston Scott's going to be more of the running back. He could be the receiving back. And on a team that <laughs> uh, seems to have to uh, put together, an Eagles team that seems to have to put together a receiving core uh, with a needle and thread every week, uh, It'd be worth taking a flyer on him. Again, only if your team is in really bad shape running back-wise and there's no better options. He's a guy you can take a flyer on. Okay. We're going to get to wide receivers now. Top five wide receivers. Okay. Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Stefan Diggs, and DK Metcalf. Okay. Now, these top three are easy. Yeah, Adams did. Adams returned from injury last week. Did not have a great game. Aaron Rodgers did not have a great game. Does not matter how talented you are as a receiver. If nobody is throwing you the ball, you can't get points. I expect that to change. Packers are playing the Texans. Texans have a middle-of-the-road to below-average pass defense, ranked 23rd. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, 
<laughs> if you have Hopkins, you're starting him anyways. He's one of the few guys, like an Adams. You, look, it doesn't matter how bad the, the matchup is. They're, they're guys you drafted in, t- in high rounds and in, in top rounds, probably top two or three at least. I know Adams went in the first round in a lot of leagues I was in. Hopkins was not far behind. And Hopkins is facing the uh, 32nd-ranked Seahawks pass defense. Absolutely start him. He could have a monster, monster day. Julio Jones uh, only makes me nervous because Matt Ryan has been inconsistent this year. And um, uh, what is his name? Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley uh, looks like he's borderline the number one receiver in Atlanta. If it's a Calvin Ridley day, not a Julio Jones day, Julio could disappoint, but that is a very bad, bad Detroit Lions defense against the pass that they're playing. So you're going to run him out there because there's just there's a lot of possibilities. Julio could catch one 40-yard pass for a touchdown and become close to his projections. So he should hit his projection without a problem. And at the end of the day, that's all you can really ask, and the guys that go above and beyond are the ones that win you your week. Stefan Diggs, I mean, he's he's the number four ranked wide receiver in the league right now. Uh, you're going to start him. Uh, the Jets, surprisingly, one of the things that Jets actually do well is pass defense. Uh, they are ranked 13th, so not not stellar. But a talent like Diggs can absolutely have a really good game against against the Jets. Uh, I think if they if the Bills can get John Brown involved more, I know he was back last week, but coming off of injury and in those rainy conditions. Uh, against Kansas City, uh, he just didn't uh, the, he didn't do much, um, and, and that kind of puts more focus on Stephon Diggs. Uh, if John Brown is back and he's actually used effectively, that actually helps Diggs because it takes the focus off of him. He's not the only one that the defense can focus on from a receiver standpoint. And if you had Cole Beasley in there, the the slot receiver for the Bills, he's been doing pretty well. Also, Josh Allen's been spreading the ball around nicely, but Diggs is the star. And he is the he should be the number one, uh, and, and the stats certainly certainly support that. So you're going to start him, uh, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is an absolute monster. I know the Cardinals have the seventh ranked pass defense. Uh, you start Metcalf. Metcalf. He I know Lockett is a tremendous receiver. I think DK Metcalf is the go-to guy for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson seems to feel very confident in him. And if a talent like Russell Wilson and a talent like DK Metcalf are comfortable with one another, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You're going to start him. Uh, other guys you might feel good about starting. Uh, Calvin Ridley, obviously, like I said, playing a bad Detroit uh, pass defense. And Matt Ryan seems to feel very comfortable with throwing a ball to Calvin Ridley. Ridley could arguably be considered the number one receiver in in Atlanta right now. I know on paper it's Julio Jones, but there's been games where it's very clearly Calvin Ridley. Kenny Galladay, um, the other end of that game, playing the Atlanta pass defense, which is even worse than the Detroit pass defense, Galladay is a tremendous, tremendous talent who has yet to really break out. He was injured the first few weeks of the uh, season. He could be a monster at any moment. He's very low on the overall ranks for wide receivers. That is not a great Detroit offense. With running back DeAndre Swift emerging a little bit the last few weeks and Galladay getting healthier, 
you could really see him start to break out. And if he's big down the stretch for you, man, that, that could really help you get in the playoffs and beyond. Uh, let's see. A uh, guy like A.J. Brown. Uh, surprisingly, Pittsburgh, great against the run. Not so awesome against the pass. 25th ranked. Um, A.J. Brown uh, seems to be, without a doubt, the second offensive choice on that team. Derrick Henry, obviously, number one for the Titans. A.J. Brown, you, you probably want to throw him out there. I know he's not not uh, on, on the actual receiver position rankings ranked high, but he could have a very, very nice week. Uh, Terry McLaurin for the Washington football team going against a Dallas defense that has more holes than Swiss cheese. I know that's an old cliche pun, but <laughs> at least a cliche, not necessarily a pun. But, uh, yeah, it's it's that's a bad Dallas defense, very bad Dallas defense. And McLaurin is a super talented receiver. And Kyle Allen, the quarterback for the Washington football team, very much would like to just sit back there and throw. I mean, he can move around, but he's not a guy who's going to run for a lot. So you, you want to start him. Uh, ooh, Chase Claypool. I mean, I mean, <laughs> chances are after the last few weeks this guy's had, if you have Chase Claypool on your team, you're starting him anyways. But against a pretty mediocre Tennessee uh, pass defense, definitely do that. Travis Fulgham, I think, is the number one option. Came out of nowhere, really, but he's the number one option for Carson Wentz in that struggling, struggling uh, Eagles team and Eagles offense. Facing a Giants secondary on Thursday night, that's not great. You start Travis Fulgham, few things feel better than starting a guy on Thursday and having him break out and going into your weekend matchup with a nice lead and a couple guys really performing for you. Takes a lot of pressure off you as far as your other team decisions go. I would start Fulgham. I actually am starting Fulgham, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm starting him in every league I have him. I believe I have him in two of my leagues. So he's gonna be on my he's gonna be on my starting roster. Uh let's see here. Uh Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. I know they have John Ross and AJ Green in, in Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd is the one, T. Higgins is the two. Against with Joe Burrow at quarterback, he's gonna throw plenty. That team is gonna run the ball too with Joe Mixon. If Joe Mixon is not able to play or limited, you're going to get a lot more passing against that very poor Cleveland secondary. Absolutely start either one of those guys if you have them. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, again, much like Claypool, that's a poor Tennessee secondary. Start him. He's super talented. Uh, Let's see. Christian Kirk, Uh, he's definitely not the one with... uh, with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Excuse me. Wow, how did I forget DeAndre Hopkins' name? He's not the one with DeAndre Hopkins down there in um, Arizona. But this kid is involved in the offense. He's been getting more involved in recent weeks. Again, the Seahawks have the worst pass defense in the league. And Kyler Murray is really, really coming into his own as a quarterback. I would absolutely, absolutely start Christian Kirk if I had him. Obviously, you're not going to start him if you have a Tyreek Hill and a Michael Thomas and you know, all these other guys. But if you're streaming somebody for the week or if you have players injured or on by, absolutely do not do not hesitate to start Christian Kirk. All right, tight end. Not a lot of people go over tight end. It's not a very deep position, at least consistently. Uh, and let's face it, because of that, you're even in bad matchups, you're going to run out your, your top guys no matter what, just because 
I mean, it, it's a shallow position. Most teams aren't too deep at tight end. You kind of have, it's kind of like, uh, well, the, the choosing a kicker is kind of like eating your vegetables of the fantasy world. But uh, tight end can, if you don't have one of the top guys, can be a very unpleasant chore. So top five tight ends for this week. Projection-wise, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, no surprise there, one and two. Darren Waller, uh, John U. Smith, and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I mean, Kelsey, Kittle, it doesn't matter if they're playing a brick wall. You still put them out there. They're good enough to put up their projected totals and sometimes even far beyond. Uh, so, I mean, even though Kittle is facing a fifth-ranked pass, uh, Patriots defense against the tight end, Patriots are very good at stopping tight ends. Kittle is absolutely capable of getting that one big play that makes it worthwhile to start him that week. Uh, Darren Waller, uh, the Bucks have a middle-of-the-road de- uh, tight end defense, uh, and, and coming off a of bye week, the Raiders looked really good against the Chiefs the last week they played. In week five, Waller is incredibly talented. He's not a Kittle or a Kelsey, but if if you have a level just below those guys, Darren Waller's right up there towards the top. Jonu Smith has actually had a very, very, very nice season. Uh, Really kind of surprisingly, honestly. Uh, Ryan Tannehill of the Titans feels very comfortable with him. He is questionable. You're going to want to keep an eye on that. But again, he plays Sunday at one, so... If he's not able to play, you'll have time to swap him out for somebody else. And again, this is only if you have a a, a tight end spot. A lot of uh, leagues don't. They just have a flex spot. If you do have a tight end dependent position, uh, I do in some of my leagues, you're going to have to have one of these guys, or at least a tight end, not one of these guys necessarily, but a tight end. If you don't have to have one, you can just you know disregard this. Um, but a, a lot of leagues do. Uh, and Rob Gronkowski... Uh, one more thing about John U. Smith. Uh, the Steelers do have, strangely enough, not great uh, raking against receivers, but against tight ends, they are ranked seventh. So that with the injury, may you may want to look for another option, even if he plays, if he's not 100% against a really good tight end defense. But um, you could run him out there. Rob Gronkowski of the Bucks against the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are eighth against tight ends. Gronkowski has been beyond inconsistent this year at the tight end position. He's not the same player he was at the Patriots. This is a crapshoot. You could start him based on pass production. Hope he gets that touchdown pass. Hope Brady, you know, gets him, you know, three to five times for 50 or 60 yards and he can actually hit his projections. That's possible. If you're looking for a monster breakout week and you need that, you may want to look other places, but I mean, he's Gronk based on, you know, he has previous credit from past performances that he can kind of play with, and uh, players are going to start him. Teams are going to start him. Maybe you shouldn't, but if he's your best option, obviously that's all you can do. Uh, Eric Ebron of the Steelers, uh, he has, you know, he's he's been okay, not great. I mean, he's the 28th-ranked tight end and a very shallow very shallow position, so that's not stellar, but uh, the Titans do have a very poor tight end defense, so you could run him out there if you needed to. Robert Tanyan of the Packers, this guy had a couple monster weeks. The Packers went on by, then they came back and played that game against the Buccaneers where the Packers just didn't look good at anything. 
they're a much better team than they played against the Buccaneers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers really, really feels comfortable with Robert Tanya, and you can tell that. They did try to get him the ball a few times the other day. It just didn't work out. So I actually picked this guy up after he had his monster week just because of the potential of Aaron Rodgers throwing to him at a shallow position. I have to start him in two of my leagues this week because of uh, the bye week for Mark Andrews of the Ravens. And I feel good about it. I really do. Houston does not have a great tight end defense. They're ranked 22nd. And Tanya is more than capable. I mean, if he catches three passes for 20 yards and a touchdown, if you can get that from your tight end in, in a league where you have a tight end spot you have to fill, you feel really, really good. Because that's not a position where many guys really put up big points for you week in and week out. Uh, Dallas Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys. Washington football team is 27th against tight ends. Uh, not a great defense anyways. Andy Dalton did not seem to want to throw the ball more than 10 yards downfield last week against the uh, Cardinals. He really couldn't anyways because they were always in his face. That Dallas offense does not look good without Dak Prescott. But a guy like Dalton Schultz could catch easily catch five or six passes for 50 or 60 yards and a touchdown. And again, if you have a dependent tight end slot, you have to put somebody in there. Uh, this guy's only owned in 41% of leagues. You could absolutely throw him in there and feel pretty good about having a good chance to win. Uh, let's see. Nobody really else for the tight ends. Uh, nobody I could really feel comfortable recommending. Again, you know, you want to go to, if you have to get a tight end and your tight end's on by and you have to stream somebody, go to opponent rank, go to average points, look at who's been consistent, Look who's playing a bad defense. Look, sometimes when it comes to tight ends, you just have to get lucky. You have to hope you're making the right decision and just pick someone, throw them in there. If you have a team with a quarterback that gets pressured a lot, that can really benefit a tight end because they're going to have to make those short passes, and the tight ends benefit from that a lot of times. Okay, moving on to defenses. We're going to do this real quick. We're not going to get into kickers because, quite frankly, kickers – I'm not trying to disrespect the position. A good kicker is is worth their weight in gold. But that's really simple. You don't have to look at opponent opposition rank. All you have to do, look at consistency. Look at, you know, do they make the kicks when the team, you know, puts them on the field to make the kicks? That's their one job. So if they do that consistently and the, the team is sometimes poor offenses are better for kickers because he can't get the ball in the end zone. So kicker gets a lot of opportunities. Those are the ones you want to look for. Again, I'm not going to get too deep into it because just look at average points per game. Don't get thrown off by a guy having a high position rank because one week he scored 25 points and that put him a way up high in the uh, position rank. If a guy's ranked 10th, but he gets he he makes most of his kicks and, you know, his his team puts him in position to score, you know, 8 to 10 fantasy points a week. Uh, that's, that's pretty good for a kicker. If you can get that consistently, you're, you're pretty happy. And sometimes you get those breakout games. Sometimes you don't. But just find somebody steady. You'll be fine. Top defenses of the week are, projection-wise, of course, Bills, Eagles, Browns, Giants, Rams. Uh, it's funny because with defense week to week, it's different than offensive players. Offensive players you kind of go against where the defense they're playing is ranked. And 
it's you want to do the same thing with uh, defenses. However, you don't want to so much look at their position rank. The number one defense for this week is projected to be the Buffalo Bills because they're facing the New York Jets, who are turnover prone. You may very well see a pick six. Jets don't have great special teams. You could see the Bills return a kick for a touchdown. Jets are ranked uh, 32nd, absolute worst against special teams. The Bills are only the 23rd ranked defense, though, in fantasy. So you're going to look at the Bills and go, wow, they they are not great. But they're playing a team that can turn the ball over, and that's the name of the game for defenses. Get those turnovers, get those sacks. Uh, Quite honestly, again, I'm not trying to bag on you, Jets, but any defense playing the Jets, if they're available to stream that week, stream them because the Jets are bad. Eagles playing the Giants. Again, Eagles, 16th-ranked defense, but Giants are 31st against our 31st uh, special teams-wise. So you could get some turnovers. You could sack the quarterback quite a bit. Could have an Eagles team that gives up some points, but they make up for that in other areas on defense. Browns, only the 11th-ranked defense, but facing uh, the Bengals, who are 27th against in that category. Same thing with the Giants. Now, (laughs) this is going to be a mess of a game, the Eagles and the Giants. It's going to be... Uh, If you like a train wreck of a game, Thursday Night Football will be for you this week uh, because you have the Eagles and the Giants, and you have uh, the the Giants actually, uh, surprisingly, ranked sixth in total defense uh, as far as points-wise in fantasy, but um, the Eagles are, are 28th against, so the Giants defense as well could get some turnovers, could, you know, maybe get a defensive touchdown. And the Rams uh, tied for six with the Giants in total defense, facing a bearish team that is is not great against special teams, uh, not a stellar offense. So feel good about starting them if you have them. Uh, other teams like the Patriots defense special teams against the 49ers. 49ers are banged up. Yes, they have George Kittle. Yeah, they have Garoppolo back. Uh, they're not going to have their starting running back. Uh, Mostert is more than likely going to IR for a few weeks, so he will not be there Sunday to run the ball. Patriots to the fifth-ranked overall overall defense, and they are facing the, the Niners, who are uh, 22nd against. So that's a good matchup. Chargers, 21st overall defense, facing a very mistake-prone Jaguars offense, ranked 25th against. Chargers are a good choice this week. Uh, let's see. Um... Raiders. Raiders are actually a, 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 a pretty bad defense, realistically. They're ranked 29th in fantasy overall, but Buccaneers, who they're playing, are ranked 19th against. So, you know, Brady could go out there and light it up, but he's also been turnover prone in certain games. Uh, if they can pressure him, they can really slow down that Bucks offense. Mike going to make some mistakes. Mike is some, might get a pick six. Brady's thrown a few of those this year. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, if you have the Colts or Ravens defense who are on by this week, ranked one and two in fantasy, you definitely want to stream one of these teams. And some of them, you know, like the top ones are probably taken. But you could probably, probably go out and get like a Bengals defense. I mean, they're, they're, they're ranked poorly. A Baker Mayfield and the Browns who they're playing are turnover prone. and 
you could get lucky. I mean, kind of what you have to do a lot of times if you don't have a backup on your bench, which you definitely should not from a defensive standpoint, you kind of got to hope you get lucky. You kind of got to hope you pick the right team, playing the right team, if you're streaming a defense, and just hope you get a pick six or a, 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 a special teams run back for a touchdown, a lot of sacks, turnovers. You can have a team that gives up a lot of points and a decent amount of yards and has you know some turnovers in their favor and, and quite a few sacks and fumbles caused, and that can bring it to a pretty average week defensively, so it's not bad for a stream. That's going to be it for that part. Any questions you may have, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the FFA underscore pod uh, or Facebook. It, the name of the page is the name of the show, the Fantasy Football Advocate. Or you can also email me if you want, like, you know, if you don't want to just put it out there on social media or a message, you just want a regular email, you can email the show at the Advocate at gmail.com. Be more than happy to answer your questions. I actually really enjoy that. Like I said, I love talking about fantasy sports. But before we go this week, we have a few fan questions I want to get to. Uh, this is actually one from a few weeks ago. Tammy actually asked on the Facebook page, what is garbage time? I hear this term used all the time, and I'm not sure what it means. I, it's not exactly the quote she asked, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, Tammy, all garbage time is is the time at the end of the game when the game's kind of already decided. Uh, a lot of fantasy games are actually decided in garbage time. Say say the defense is up, you know, you're, you're up by 21 points. The defense is on the field for the team that's up, and they're just trying to essentially go through the motions and play out the game so nobody gets hurt. That's why a lot of times you see offenses that have done really bad against that defense all game all of a sudden come alive and start scoring points because that defense knows this game is over. We're not going to get anybody hurt. We're not flying around acting crazy. We just want to get out of here with the win and, and and go play next week. That's garbage time. That's all it means. Uh, it's very commonly used, um, especially in, in fantasy football. I think that's actually one of the, one of the, uh, where it actually originated, to be honest with you. I don't think I ever heard it before fantasy became relevant. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, if not, then please let me know, and I'll be happy to elaborate. Uh, and also our, our, our final question, our second question, Mike, via email, again, the ffadvocate at gmail.com, asked, I sometimes hear experts say it's a bad idea to carry more than one quarterback. I've always thought it was a good idea to carry two. Should I rethink this? No. No, you should not rethink that. Look, if you have a Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray and other, you know, numerous quarterbacks who are having a great year this year, obviously you're going to start them pretty much regardless of matchup, uh, no matter what. If you just have that one quarterback, you know you're starting. It's fine if you have other talented quarterbacks on the waiver wire who you could stream to just have one quarterback. But if, like I'm in an 18 league. I actually run an 18 league. It's a family and friends league. It's a lot of fun. Everybody does really well. It's really competitive. But there's usually one or two guys at least on the quarterback waiver wire who you can pick up because you're talking there's 16 quarterbacks. Nobody's going to carry three realistically. I mean, if they do carry three for more than just bi-week reasons, I really don't understand that. I can't advise that. Two is the maximum I would ever carry, to be honest with you, unless you're in a two-quarterback league, which is a whole different story. But for your standard one-quarterback league, you know, just carry the two. Uh, I think a lot of these experts who advise to only take one 
have one quarterback rostered. If you were to look at their teams, you would find they're not following their own advice, and they actually have two as well. Injuries can happen, as unfortunately we found out with Dak Prescott. Injuries do not care what how elite of a player you are. If an injury is going to occur, an injury is going to occur. And if you find yourself with a top-ranked quarterback who gets injured, you need to have somebody you can stream and fill in who's suitable. And if you only carry one and you're in a, a deeper league, a 12-team league and above, if you have 12 or more teams, you absolutely, absolutely without a doubt should not only have two quarterbacks on your roster, but you should have drafted two quarterbacks. Because you want to make sure if you don't have a top-end quarterback, you have two guys you can swap in and out based on matchups. That very same league I just talked about, the 18 league, my two quarterbacks are Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. I drafted other position players earlier in a draft. I drafted Joe Burrow in the 15th round. Because it was an 18 league, I knew there'd be players who kind of showed themselves to be good for fantasy value after the draft in the first couple weeks of the season. I could pick one up. Once I saw how Herbert did, uh, actually, I didn't pick him up right away because he was going into his bye week. I picked up Minshew, started him for a few weeks. He did pretty good for me. I actually won both of those games. Uh, I recently dropped Minshew, and I picked Herbert up actually just today before this recording. Herbert was still available on free agency. So now I have the two rookies as my quarterback. I'm thinking for the remainder of the season. I feel pretty good about that. They both put up decent numbers. So, yeah, no, you don't want to go with just one. Uh, I mean, if it's an eight-team league, you can you can more than likely find someone to stream. But if you're in anything more than, than eight, if you're in 10, 12, 14, 16, you absolutely absolutely need to have and draft too just to cover yourself in case something happens and that is going to do it i invite everybody to please send me in your questions or comments uh i thank you very very much for listening to this episode of the fantasy football advocate podcast i really hope you enjoyed the new format uh i may make other alterations going forward like i said i want to put the best show out there for you guys that will inform you and entertain you and if you have any questions or comments about anything you heard on this show, anything fantasy football related, please get in touch with me. Once again, the Twitter handle is at FFA underscore pod. Facebook page is the name of the show, the Fantasy Football Advocate. And the email is the Advocate at gmail.com. If you like the show, I, I ask you to please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell a friend. I know it's a lot to ask, uh, but it would really mean a lot to me. I'd really appreciate it. Until next time, please play smart. Have fun, and I will talk to you next Wednesday.